everyone. Today on What's My Frame, I'm joined by casting director Rose Rosen. Rose is one of Florida's most distinguished casting directors, working in TV, film, commercials, print, and unscripted. Today we dive into one of her most iconic projects, Edward Scissorhands. Rose shares behind-the-scenes stories of Tim Burton's beloved classic. Rose also shares her insight into our new normal of virtual auditions and self-tapes, something the Southeast market mastered years ago. Please join me in welcoming the lovely Rose Rosen to the show. Hello, Rose. Thank you so much for joining us on What's My Frame. Hi, how are you? It's so nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you too. For anybody that's listening, we have just had the most lovely 20-minute pre-chat. I feel like we had to stop our conversation to have this conversation. Um, but Rose, can you start us off first with how you got into casting, how you have gotten to where you are as a powerhouse female casting voice in Florida in the Southeast market? Um, so I started out as, you know, I got a mass comm degree back in the year one, and then I was a, um, fashion editor. I was in St. Louis. I grew up there and went to college there. And so I was a fashion editor for some time. And what I did was very popular. And I did, um, I did all the casting of the models. I did all their wardrobe. I did all their makeup. I found the locations. I wrote the article. So literally, I, I inadvertently learned everything about production. Yeah. Um, and so, so it was a really a great training ground. And from that, I learned, you know, what, you know, what models are doing, and and and, and that ends up translating into actors. Mm-hmm. And then years, a few years later, I moved to Florida um, to marry my husband because he lived down here. And I like to call myself a mail order bride. <laughs> Please do it. <laughs> but we're still together, so it's nice. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> it worked out. And anyway, so I came down here and I tried the styling thing um, here. And I don't know, like nobody like really got me down here it was very odd and that happens to me upon occasion but then um I was sitting in a talent agent's office and she said you know you should be a casting director (laughs) and and what you thought about that before doing casting no honestly (laughs) I had yeah no I never thought about it and, you know, the truth was there was a mean casting director here. I will not name her name. Um, and I'm clearly nice. That's, I build my business on nice. That's, Absolutely. you know, it's branding, but, <laughs> but it's just true. And, um, and she, you know, she just said, you know, you'd be so much better at this. And anyway, so I figured it out and opened shop and, you know, got work within a week and was casting Edward Scissorhands within a few months. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, crazy timing. And then I had my daughter and I was pregnant the whole time I did Scissorhands. So anyway, I go on. But <laughs> I mean, talk about getting thrown into the deep end, my goodness. Right. Crazy, crazy stuff. But it was all good. And so it was, it, I was able to cement myself as a casting director and I've never looked back. Wow. Now you've been casting for like around 20 years, right? More than that, but yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> um, 
it doesn't, I mean, I'm looking at you right now. You look great. It doesn't look like 20 years. Um, I also, spoiler alert, guys, I got to see her grandbaby and he's delightful. <laughs> but like, how have you seen the industry change, um, both positives and negatives for the casting side as well as the actors from your perspective? <clears throat> um, I have seen the industry change. I mean, leaps and bounds, right? When I started casting, I went out and I bought a camcorder. <laughs> oh, that technology. <laughs> right? But I mean, there was something great about it because it was as clean as could be. You pop in the VHS tape, you take it out. I did a, a you know, just a analog <laughs> Suzy Q roll for whatever, you know, just wrote it all down, number one through a hundred and copied that, sent it all off that same day in FedEx when FedEx used to show up at 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. guaranteed the next day. And it never failed. It was fine. And then, and then, so then you go from VHS, then you move on to, um, um, there was the DVDs. Yeah. And then, so we'd write to a DVD. It was mm -hmm. a very strange thing. So then I'd call my client, he'd get it at the end of the day. And <laughs> then he'd say, well, Rose, is this plus R or minus R? There was some kind of crazy concoction, right? With the DVDs. And I'm like, I, I, you know, I made it universal, whatever that was. And, and he's like, it's not playing. And, and I, I remember this clearly. I'm like, well, do you have a Sony or a Panasonic? <laughs> I mean, it was a nightmare. That, <laughs> wait, uh, and then it keeps going. Then next up is like the, the FTP sites. Ah. I mean, right? I don't know if you know about these. So like, was early stages of the internet. So you could put stuff into, like you would own an FTP site. And so you would drag stuff up into it. But the problem is the internet was slow back then. <laughs> and, then and then the first time I did it, I took the whole eight hours of casting or six hours or whatever the heck it was and dragged it up there. <laughs> then the client once again calls me and says, Rose, I think it's going to be a week from now before I can download <laughs> You're like, the project will be cast by the time I get this down. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, to my credit, <laughs> like every time somebody would come at me with, can you, you have an FTP site, don't you? Yes, of course I do. <laughs> and that's and I would, by the, I mean, like in one day, I'd source what I needed and figure it out. I remember going to the nearby college and working with a kid overnight to figure out this stuff yeah so i mean but but that's how we commit to our craft mm -hmm. to our profession and you know and then when the casting software came out i was i mean kissing the ground that these <laughs> these programmers walk on i still do i still think it's phenomenal what they put in there it's just i mean it's changed our lives Oh, yeah. And yeah, and fast forward to today and virtual and self tapes and here we are. Anyway, so that's my difference. <laughs> it blows my mind when I think about how you all worked successfully, mind you, on VHS tapes and literally sending via courier. And then we, we have the audacity as modern day actors to be like, oh, I have these two self tapes. I'm like, you don't have to right? leave your house. 
and you're right. using your phone and it like uploads in like five minutes. It's like, oh my God. The millennial ask, generation would not have survived well in the 80s. No, no. Ask me about um, reality casting later if you want. And th that whole thing, that's a whole nother level of crazy of oh, what I've gone through in that. I mean, now I, I have strong feelings about reality and I'm very excited for scripted to come back because I know reality's been the main thing we've been able to do um throughout quarantine but man it, it has it has been enjoyable to watch because it does make 2020 look a little bit more bearable when you see something. well sure I mean and it has an audience and it needs casting and I've done that for many years but I used to have to go out to the bars like all you know yeah Talk about now, Rose. <laughs> Tell us about your <laughs> if anyone's bored at home currently and looking for a new job. Oh my God. So before, you know, Facebook and all that was, was, you know, a big thing, you know, I'd do the dating shows and I'd have to go out to the bars to get the people. And I, I mean, I'd go out with an assistant or two and, uh, you know, and till four in the morning and not drinking. I mean, it's horrific. I have and, to. How did you feel about this this job? I say this with air quotes. I mean, Jesus, I would bring him sometimes as my assistant. Poor guy. I'd say to him, lit literally, go pick up that girl in the corner there. I think I've heard in months. I mean, what are you going to do? It's, uh, you know, I mean, I we're not doing anything. I am just, and, and you're walking around with a clipboard. And, you know, I usually, I try and get like some branding on me from the show, but I'm, Right. <laughs> All right. So from the casting perspective on reality, I'm assuming you're looking for a special kind of person. Or do the cameras just intensify those personalities? Because like I feel like the people we see on successful reality TV, we don't tend to have them in our front group. Like these are heightened personalities. Like how do you how do you spot that? So so that's it. I mean it's it's all about the casting. So yeah. we approach unscripted the same way you approach a scripted show, right? We have a list of types that we're looking for yeah. and, you know, roles. And then you see them and, and you see them in their situation. And I mean, it's a completely different casting process. The unscripted interviews are like an hour, two hours long. I'm talking to these people. Yeah. It's, you know, and, I, and they give me a book, I mean, of questions to ask them about their lives. So, so once they get to that point that they're sitting down for that long, yeah, uh, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's thick. <laughs> Has there ever been someone while doing your interview, you're like, I can't put this person on television. They're too much of a loose cannon. Or is that only better television in the reality world? Oh yeah, totally better television. No, I would never, I would never get rid of them because they're a loose cannon. That would be stupid. But <laughs> nope, you just got past. Next no, that one gets right in. It's it's the dull, boring. You know, then they don't get very far. The ones know. sitting in, we're like, thank you so much for your time. Right, 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 right. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a whole different process. I mean, every kind of casting has its own unique thing and being over here in Florida I have to know all the types of casting because otherwise I wouldn't make a living. The southeast market is because you guys are juggling films multiple levels of the casting on a film you're doing commercials you're doing voice you're doing everything whereas 
in like some of the more major and honestly in my opinion southeast is a major market at this point but you know the new york and la's they tend to have like this one niche area and that fills their time completely and, and you guys are having to juggle all these different apps to keep the mortgage paid but i've never known anything different so it's not you know I, I do find it interesting when I talk to casting directors around the world that it's fascinating what they do and what they don't do. And I'm sure they find this, you know, it's, we're all fascinated. <laughs> it's been one of my favorite things this year, just getting to talk to you guys and hear all of the aspects that is involved in your day-to-day -day jobs, because it's, it's so different than actors. And I think a lot of actors don't realize you guys are auditioning if you will for jobs as well like you guys have to come in and talk about the list of people that you see for the project or who you have contacts with or the agents and I think there's so much about the casting process that we as actors don't at the surface understand because we are kind of on this hamster wheel if you will and not taking the time to like fully understand the other side of things um I, I always like to open up the you know, I say pull back the curtain, you know, I feel for you guys on the other side of the table and, you know, there's, I, I've given many a talk on what's happening on my side of the table because, you know, you, you just have to understand at two o'clock, I'm a low energy kind of person, yeah. you know. <laughs> also, we're coming into, say, five minutes of your day and I think it, it's such a disservice when actors take it personal if somebody is low energy because unless you've sat in a casting room you, you don't understand what it's like to see the same audition sides 80 times in a day like it's mind numbing it's mind -numbing. it really is it really is I mean I I honor actors and respect them and love what they do otherwise I couldn't do what I do but yeah, hearing the same thing over and over. But the interesting thing is, even in a long day of casting, mm -hmm. you can be engrossed in 20 things on your, on your computer while the casting is going on, because we do, let's face it. Um, and, but a good audition, you hear it immediately. It just, ha you hear it, it comes right, you know, it catches your attention. Yeah. You know, if you're busy with your computer, like trying to move the information, which sometimes we're doing that and, yeah. you know, but. Um, what is that about, if you, if you could boil it down, and I know there's no secret sauce, but like, what is that that makes it a, a strong attention grabbing audition or call act for you personally? It's just, it's clear when it's right. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen a casting, which I'm sure you have, you know, it, it's, I mean, you can tell in the first 10 seconds of any audition whether or not they're right for the part. That doesn't mean they're a good actor or a bad actor. Yeah. I'm just saying they're right for the part. Yeah. You know what you're listening for mm -hmm. and, and you hear it and, and you see it. And, and it's unfortunate if one doesn't match. Mm. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, like they sound right, their, their words are right, but some, something about the look doesn't hit the right note. Yeah. Has there been an actor that you had come in and it just, it made you sit up, you're like, this is my person. And then the studio or the network was against it. Like they didn't see your vision and you had to like really champion for that actor. Oh, for sure. No, that's happened many times. I remember one time where I did that and then, you know, and they did cast her and the show failed, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whoa, that was a real plot twist, bro. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was unscripted. What are you going to do? I mean, you know, just some part, you know, I just happen to like her and they like this one. And, and it, yeah, they ended up with my choice, but that show didn't make it. But there are a lot of shows that get get all the way in, don't make it, don't ever see the light of day. Oh, yeah. especially in the content creation culture we're in now. And what's your thought on that? Because there is so many, you know, just this morning they were announcing like CBS All Access is changing its name. And like, there's so many networks and then subcategories and streaming platforms. And what is your feeling on the amount of content that's made? Do you feel like they're keeping up the quality with the volume or do you think it, it's lagging some places? And what's your thought on that? I mean, I think there probably is too much content out there and that it, it, it could be better and it could be streamlined. I mean, I'm dating myself, but we've already done that. But, you know, I grew up with three networks, right? Yeah. And still to this day, I mean, now in the COVID, which is crazy for, for anybody, but I'm watching things like old Dick Van Dyke to go to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And it's very comforting for me. <laughs> simpler time <laughs> right it's just like mara you know like mary tyler moore dick van dyke that girl you know bewitched it's like so fun it's it's totally some of it's totally wrong i mean they're so misogynist and there's a lot of things that that come out badly mm -hmm. but on the flip side it's like something i knew but like everybody in that era knew every show you might not have watched it but you had three choices <laughs> Oh, the numbers that would have gotten something canceled back in the 90s or 2000s, those are like hit numbers now because it, right. it, it is so dispersed. The, the pool is so, so large. And you're exactly, I, I, I love personally old television. Like I love, I love Lucy. Yeah. But when you look back at that, like it, I think it would really, it would, it would hold up now. But when you see how, um, what is like a, a wholesome it is in comparison to current network television. It, it just blows your mind of just the evolution of time and what we're, you know, used to seeing and hearing. It's wild. Yeah, huh. I mean, yes. There's a whole little, there, last night's episode was Richie said a bad word. <laughs> then he said two bad words. <laughs> and who did they talk to? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> and it probably it's like, like 12. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was actually just talking to somebody about the witch because I wish that they because I had, like heard something about like murmurs that they were going to do a reboot of it and like I don't really see it holding up well but like I would so love to be a part of the witch if they like brought it up oh you'd be perfect let's dive into what changes challenges opportunities that you're seeing in virtual casting because you were just mentioning that you actually cast a series during COVID so what were you seeing? Because the Southies, y'all are kind of beasts about the self-tape. You you guys were on that train before us in LA anyway. So you got a little bit of a head start on us. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, 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 I am the queen of self-tapes, always have been. I think because Florida is so big and then the U.S. is so big too for that matter. I, yeah, I've cast full movies here on self-tape. I just did a series that was shot up in Mount Dora on self-tape. There's no reason that um, that there should be 
why why they would drive like 10 hours round trip from Miami to see me for five minutes exactly. and I respect actors better than that I I respect them so much more than that it's I I, I'm like say thank you by the way thank you and and the environment let alone let alone the fact of your time that's ridiculous and they and you guys always show up with a smile on your face and you've driven five hours and I feel like I should buy you a cup of coffee and I don't have time for that <laughs> and then you know I mean I I am appalled every single time when somebody shows up and I'm you know happen to ask them like where they come from and they tell me like it's it's really really far and, and like I just don't see it so yeah so I always urge people to self-tape and I adjust them I'll ask for a different one or if there's something yeah I make it work and my clients love it and then I've done these virtual things with the clients and the direct you know everybody's in the room it, it works yeah. I mean yeah they love it they love it I love it and I mean I've committed to not do any in-person taping until at least 2021 yeah now what I, you can tell I love to talk. I love people. And for, for some personalities like mine, it, it's, it's hard to like, what's like the appropriate beyond just, you know, being a decent human being and reading the room, um, for like getting to know people or like showing a little bit of your personality. So much of getting cast is being somebody that somebody wants to work with for 10 or 12 hours a day and like who you are as a person outside of your work too. You really think that? <laughs> I know I've been on sets where I'm like, man, I wish somebody understood that one's personality before. Here's my point. Yes. I, I think we're hiring the best actor for the job. I do not think we're hiring somebody's personality. That being said, everybody in our business has reputations. Yes, that is a much better way of putting it. Yes. And the truth is, we all have blacklists. We all have people we don't care to ever work with again. <laughs> and like urban legend or if that was real. Of course it's real. Do you have people you wouldn't work with again? You just talked about somebody you wouldn't want to be on set with again. Imagine being the position of allowing, giving them a job opportunity. Yeah, Why would you give somebody a job opportunity that when they get to the job, they've made everything more difficult. Yeah. It matters very little how talented they are. Mm -hmm. If they're making the set a toxic environment. Yeah. That person never, never moves up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and maybe that sounds harsh, but it's just true. No, I, th I think you have to consistently show up and be a good person good actor but also a good person I think that that's so important because right it's a gift to do what we do regardless of right. what position and role you play in the creative process it's a gift like we all right. have a little bit of Peter Pan syndrome like we didn't come into this because we wanted to push and shuffle numbers like but you know all it takes is going into a casting room for you mm -hmm. and being in the waiting room to know that you could be replaced in one second oh 100 percent so you need to have a good, a good, good experience, a good behavior. You have to have good behavior on all aspects. I had one talent um, uh, 
decide he, he wanted to take a different job than my job. Both were huge jobs. And it was the day before. And I literally had his replacement go off to the side of the road, self-tape himself, send it to me. And this was like uh, probably 10 years ago. So it wasn't that easy side of the road <laughs> self-tape thing as it might yeah, be now. Like eight gigs. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, and, and not only, yeah, but that guy off the side of the road, I mean, my client was so happy, so happy. What are some of the key choices that you're seeing that successful actors are making in the new medium of like virtual and live auditions beyond the obvious of, you know, good lighting, good sound, good Wi-Fi? What are some of your like checklists that actors should be doing before they go into the virtual waiting room? And then what are some of the choices they should be mindful of while auditioning in this new medium? I think virtual is the same as in person. I want them to come in and do their job and leave. And it's the same thing. And I want you to test everything beforehand. I want you to go in and test your lighting, your Zoom connection, make sure, you know, all those things, as you said. Um, but know that, you know, go in with confidence. It's just like showing up early to your audition. Yeah. It, you know, you have to test all your situation as opposed to you know, I was on the Meals for Monologues and there were a num number of people and, um, you know, it was very well managed, but, you know, oh, we have Suzy Q. Oh, no, we don't. And <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, there, you know, because people are people and they, you know, or they get on and their sound wouldn't work or this wouldn't work and that wouldn't work. Yeah. There's no excuse for that. The truth is you could test it. There's a test button in the Zoom. I did that before this meeting and I do these all day long. So yeah. what is your excuse if you, yeah, if you come in and, and your sound's not working, I don't understand it. So it's just weird little things like that, that it, I mean, I am your biggest cheerleader and the nicest person, but I am not your friend and I'm certainly not your friend in the room. Yeah. And I just, I want you to succeed and for you to succeed, I just need you to spend all of your time reading your lines properly, doing your best work. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Don't be my friend. It doesn't, it, it doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. Come in and do the job that you were asked to do. And auditions, honestly, is it's, its own job in and of itself. And I think people sometimes forget giving it that same attention and, uh, and respect. Sure. I mean, it's just like, like you said, me getting the job is part of my job. Me doing my billing is part of my job. All the paperwork, you know, it's not just being in the audition room, but we all are self-employed. So we all have a million hats to wear. Absolutely. Must choose to wear a few more. <laughs> but, but we, you know, we have to respect each other's time and, and the only way I'm going to get to the right person is to, to give you your time and then move to the next person. And that's it. Yeah. I would love to talk about Meals for Monologues a little bit because there have been so many opportunities that the creative community on you guys' side of the table has made for actors. You guys have pivoted in such an impressive way. So can you tell us like first virtual Meals for Monologues, what it was like to be a part of it, like highlights? 
um, maybe even how you foresee the new virtual connecting of our communities going forward. I mean, I'm crazy for all this stuff. I think, <laughs> I think it's a new world. I think we're here and things are completely changed moving forward. I have enjoyed, you know, uh, programs from all over the world and, you know, but in our business, the, the CSA has done a great job of getting us all together. We do cocktail hours. I've had cocktail hours with people in Spain and Italy and London and Australia and Los Angeles and New York and all in between and so fun. I've gotten to meet so many new casting directors that I would never have gotten to it. And so, you know, and it's, it's an amazing community. It really is. Um, so they really stepped up their game. The CSA has, and this meals for monologue, I've always wanted to do one here in Florida and it's just basically hard to be a one person show. <laughs> and so I just never got around to it. I was going to do it this year. I was committed, but, and so I did. Um, but I think it gives everybody so much more access and, and um, I loved it. I mean, we saw talent from around the world and we gave a lot of money to the LA food bank and other food banks around the world. And I got to be with my fellow casting directors in a room and we were, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them were great. And I, I, I took notes. I know other people did. I mean, that's not what it's about, but um, you never know. You never know what you need yeah. and where you can get it. And so we'd love to source everything. So this is kind of our moment to, I, you know, to just try different things. I've been putting up YouTube videos. I work with Kim Swanson and we usually get a third person in mm -hmm. and I, I do, I did a YouTube video for casting networks all on self tapes. Yeah. Um, and I did a hashtag quarantine monologue that, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic and I watched a lot of those that was very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I do what? Some of those like right out of the gate, it, there was like such an onslaught of opportunities right. and people to watch them. It, it was, some people phoned them in, but it was, it was real fun to watch. Like when you like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was real crazy, real, real crazy. And you know, and that's, but that's, that's my job is <laughs> to kind of weed through all of it in order to get to the, to the jewel. Yeah. Relationship building is such a, a key component. I think of longevity in your career as, as an actor, and it, it's very different now. Um, the same as being on set, you know, there, there is distance between us physically. There's also more um, distance, like not as many in-person classes with casting directors you're clearly seeking out opportunities to connect with actors. So from your point of view, like how can people find you? How can people follow your opportunities that you're creating? Do you have any advice for actors on where to go in search of these kind of opportunities? Because we do have to pivot our mindset on relationship building to keep that going. Right. Um, 
if I answered all the emails that came at me from actors, I'd spend literally all my days doing that. Mm -hmm. So that's probably not the best way or, or the inbox on Facebook or, or mm -hmm. any of the socials that's, that doesn't tend to work. It's just not the best way, but you're better off. You're best off just following me on all my social platforms, the YouTube. I think there's a lot of good information in there. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I've got Facebook and Twitter, like we all do. And, um, you know, I just try, I really, on my YouTube, I've been really trying to give actors tips and, and just little, little tidbits of what, what's going to help you in the future. And I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we, any of us know, but you know, I'm trying, I'm just trying to say, you know, good lighting. You can't, you can't argue with good lighting. Yeah. <laughs> lighting and good sound. Find your light actors. What is part of the casting and callback process that you wish actors understood better? Because so often actors leave, you know, the great audition or the great callback and they, you know, they don't get the part and then they start beating up on themselves. But there's so much that's happening once we walk out of the room or leave the virtual audition that we're not privy to. So could you, could you share a little insight on that? I mean, I wish actors would understand that it's not about them. It's about the product that they're selling. It's the read, it's the look, it's, every, it's the, the way they're acting. It's, it's the whole package. So if one part of it doesn't work for the director, he has to go to somebody where the whole package works. Yeah. Doesn't mean you had a bad audition. Yeah. No, it just means that there are 15 people making this decision. And trust me, I have gone to bat. I have t tried to make black people white, men, women. <laughs> I, I just, I try and open up anything to whatever other possibilities there are out there. But I have to tell you, the truth is people get stuck in what they want and maybe rightfully so. It's their work. I am just a vehicle to help them materialize the human being that's going to present their product in the best way. And their product is a script. And, and it's just, yeah, it's just that. Yeah, very beautifully put. For actors that are self-submitting and also those that are just building their profiles for their reps to submit, what stands out to you on the casting profiles? What's helpful? What makes your day run smoother or more efficiently that we can provide as actors? Truth. <laughs> no, that's off the table. What else was? <laughs> I mean, truth is the key one because people lie. I mean, and I don't think people openly lie or try, but, and I'm not calling actors liars. This is not my point here but truth just I don't care if you're a size 2 or a 16 mm -hmm. I want you to be truthful about your size your height your weight I want you to be truthful if you can kayak if you can stand up paddleboard if you know how to ride a horse yes if you have ridden a horse once and found it enjoyable that does not mean you can ride a horse <laughs> You know, you have to have a little bit of a higher level if you check that box. So the talent profile is 
extremely important. Yeah. It, it, and checking the proper boxes because those are all searchable. When I'm looking for that equestrian, horseback rider, somebody who knows it, mm -hmm. it, 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 you can't just, you know, I did that yesterday. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, if I'm looking for a scratch golfer, you're not going to learn to be a scratch golfer overnight. It's not going to happen. No, no. Have you right. had people that came to your auditions that, you know, said they could and they, sure. Once they were in the room, you were like, oh no, something is not right here. Right, right. And I mean, that's what an audition is about. So you can weed out the people that are not right for the part. And yeah. if you're casting a golf part, then if they're not golfers, it's very obvious. Yeah. Actors, unfortunately, have this mindset of, I'm an actor, I can do it all. And it's like, as, as someone that grew up writing, I have seen people and like they, they reference getting on the horse on the wrong side. I'm like, you just added no. yourself. Right, right. You got to sit right. You got to get on, you know, you, there's so many little details that sure you can learn, but think about how long that would take. And if you're a big star in a movie and you've never been on a horse and you signed up for a Western, they're signing you up for classes too. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah don't want to get kicked by the horse. You don't. No, no, you don't. Oh, um, all right, Rose. I hate to see your time coming to an end, but the last question, what is one thing that you wish you could go back and tell your younger self? We ask everybody on the podcast. No, I love, I, I love and hate that question, honestly, because I am not one to look back on my life and want to change anything. Yeah. I, I think every moment leads to where you are today. And so, but that being said, I did think about it and, <laughs> and I would have actually joined the CSA much sooner. I, I thought about joining right after scissor hands and I thought, what, what could that do for me? And having been a member now for, I don't know, five, you know, not that many years, like five years, um, I found it to be amazing. Yeah. I mean, meeting other casting directors is mind blowing to me because living here yeah. all by myself, <laughs> I'm a unicorn in central Florida and, you know, sure, I've met a few casting directors over the years, yeah. but when I go to Los Angeles and go to a meeting and there are 200 casting directors in a room mm -hmm. and, and we all talk the same kind of thing and it's, it's phenomenal. So that would be the only thing I would just said, join earlier. <laughs> That's a good one. Rose, I cannot tell you what a delight it was to chat with you today and have you on the show. Thank you so much for making the time and being a champion for actors and sharing your insight and also creating so much content for us that was educational throughout quarantine. I and the listeners, we so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really, really enjoyed my time with you. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. And to my guest today, Rose Rosen, we hope you found the information encouraging, insightful, and a little humorous. I'm Laura Linda Bradley, and this is What's My Frame.